It's almost Christmas, and you know what that means. Witches and cockroaches and Clint Howard. It's uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. Double toil and trouble. It's time for that podcast stays up all night. So uh, something something bubble. I'm head manwitch Josh, and with me are Aura, the angriest dad at Christmas dinner, Grr. And, and Cody, who owns all of the New Age bookshops. Say hello, fellas. Spirals. When you say manwitch, <laughs> don't you guys want I'm, to talk I'm about spirals? Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh man, I hope nobody notices the very subtle spiral crocheted into my sweater. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a good thing I found that store that had all of those spiral curtains to decorate my phallic apartment with. Are you talking about the subtlety of a Junjo Ito comic? <laughs> all right. Yep. I, we, we obviously can't talk about this movie without some of the spiral shit. Mom, you're always trying to give me spirals. I just think they're neat. As is written in all the ancient Doom texts, that podcast stays up all night. Is the only podcast with the mana points to cast the black spells of the USA Up All Night expansion. That's a reference I understood. That's a good. I like. That's a good one. Thanks. Nice. USA Up All Night was a hex cast in the eighties and nineties to contain all the worst boob comedies and titty horror they could dig up at the dollar store. This time we are dealing with Silent Night, Deadly Night Four. Aura, prepare elevator pitch in a third level slot and target the orc leader. This is where you read the part. No, I know. I know. Something keeps making noise, and I was trying to find where the noise was coming from. Is it my laptop? I I thought Uh, I heard. It might be yours, because I can't find what's. I thought it was mine that was making all that noise. All right, hold on. Look, Josh, you're not the wizard boss of me. A mousy young Jewish reporter investigates spontaneous combustion and ends up involved in a coven of faux lesbian witches. It's like Lilith Fair with cockroaches. And Clint Howard, you can't forget that guy. No matter how much you want to. (laughs) The Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise began with a film about a killer Santa that got pulled from theaters after a week due to protests, despite strong opening numbers. Interesting fact, it opened at the same time as the first Nightmare on Elm Street film and outgrossed it during its, like, one-week theatrical engagement. But parent groups objected to a film about a murder Santa, and so it got shoved in the memory hole. The second and third films in the series continued the Santa-themed spree killings, with the second giving rise to the infamous Garbage Day viral clip, which I'm sure you've all seen. Actually, I haven't. Really? Yeah. Garbage Day! We'll watch that at some point. Yeah, sure. it's like a five... It's, uh, it's literally that. It's that clip. It's, a, oh, it's somebody yeah. saying that slowly. But none of that has much to do with Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, The Initiation, except in that all are set around Christmas. By the fourth installment, the franchise owners perhaps felt the time had come to move away from the Murder Clause storyline and towards more of an anthology approach. Four was originally written as the third installment by a guy named Woody Keith, and was directed by cult figure Brian Yuzna, who previously teamed with uh, Woody on the goopy horror satire Society. Society. 
Just Holy shit! Hey, have you seen that? Oh my god, that's like one of my all-time. Fi- I was, oh. I was literally this movie. Wow, that makes so much sense because I was like, I you like wondered s- why there was <laughs> so many yeah similarities. Ah, oh, okay. Well, we'll get into that later then. Yep. Wow. Uh, Usner was an associate of Stuart Gordon and got his own start as a producer with Empire Films on cult hits like Reanimator, From Beyond, and Dolls. Uh, although his feuds with the band family ended. Yuzna's association with them quickly. Probably his biggest hit was another collaboration with Stuart Gordon on a script called Teeny Weenies, which was eventually made as Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That, those don't sound like the same movies no. at all. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Uh, the Initiation stars Reggie Bannister from Phantasm, two-time Bond girl Maude Adams, who played Octopussy, and, of course, perennial creep superstar and archetypical celebrity brother, Clint Howard. Weirdly, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 uh, seems to have been the only film of that series to appear in USA Up All Night. Oh. Uh, I personally have not seen any of the other films of the franchise, though I have seen the Garbage Day clip, which apparently Laura has not. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and now I own a DVD with three through five. Yep, there was one more film in the franchise after this one. Uh, I really had no idea what to expect from this. What, what about you guys? I do. Uh, maybe a little bit more Christmas. I think I expected a little bit more Christmas. <laughs> I think that was that was my only expectation. And then seeing Aura's post on the on the on our page that said it's a cockroach movie. Holy so that, shit! It's a giant cockroach. So that movie. swayed me a little bit. I was like, <laughs> all right. You can hear my own pet giant cockroach in the background rummaging through my Amazon boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it would be you'd maybe expect it to have something to do with Christmas. Like it takes place around Christmas time, but that really has nothing to do with the fucking plot whatsoever. If that, is, it, is it supposed to be? I didn't pick up. Is it supposed to be like that's the time of year they have to do this? Yeah, winter, winter, yeah. winter uh, solstice. Yeah, yeah. They, they do make references to that, but the the only time it's ever applicable is like the two different times where you're at the boyfriend's like parents' house. So I mean, I guess it impresses the, the really tedious guy at the party who insists on telling you that Christmas was originally a pagan holiday. And like, <laughs> yes, I know. Yep, <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm and, that guy. I know because I've met other tedious people just <laughs> like you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting next to two of them right now in fact <laughs> me and I, I have you can, far more obscure tedious facts at, at any given party you can simultaneously hear me and Josh in different rooms of the house giving the exact same hey did you know that Christmas was originally a pagan holiday like intro bits <laughs> Josh just told me this <laughs> the fat guy in the other room already said that <laughs> yeah but did he tell you about the spirals no he was real out of breath <laughs> maybe well if, if if you're the big guy then all uh you're the only person who can successfully get peanuts from a 25 cent vending machine in the middle of the walkway outside of your butcher shop <laughs> which i thought was a hilarious scene that uh that was, that was a good now that i know that it is also from the guy that made society that makes so much more sense to me there's so many things that just like clicked. <laughs> so, or what would you expect? Nope. What society? <laughs> society is. Uh, up. It might be another film on Up All Night. I'm yeah, not if, sure. I really hope. I was gonna ask if it was on there. It's a body horror. It's mm-hmm. you know what you'd expect, but the whole thing is like the main character is just 
in general paranoid about everybody around him his like his parents his teachers he's like i like something is off and i don't know what it is and they're all like oh you're paranoid his parents are like rich socialites yeah and then the last half of the movie just devolves into this like oh grotesque body horror stuff yeah it's it's about this rich kid together suspects that everyone around him is involved in something evil huh which is funny because that's basically this movie, <laughs> yeah. But just with a kind of maybe hallo- or Halloween, not Halloween. God, double down on that. A Christmas theme <laughs> and a lot of Kafka shit. Yusna has kind of a type of thing that he would do, like because oh, the body horror always, effects in this movie. I don't always like him, like, and I, and I mean no offense to you, but Society wasn't one of my favorites. I, just I thought like it the, was okay. It had some interesting elements to it and great effects. Yeah, that's that is the thing lot. for me. Yeah, is the effects Whoa. on that movie. That's, Biscuit, kind, of, right, that's kind of my take on, on Yuzna as a, as a director. Plus, I don't know, I was, I'm a lifelong fan of the band family, so I kind of got to take their side. <laughs> and there were disputes over... Because Yuzna was involved in production on Reanimator, and then uh-huh. uh, Charles Band's dad, I think, was sent to to help with that, and there was disputes as to how much of the film was because it was Stuart Gordon's first direct directorial thing and Yuzna's first uh, production credit, and there were a lot of disputes as to who was the the major creative force on it, mm-hmm. and uh, Yuzna won the arbitration, but uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe the bands deserved a little more credit than they got mm-hmm. for that one. Sure. Albert Band, that was his dad's name. I think. Mm. Well, so, uh, my expectations of this movie, uh, I also expected more Christmas. Uh, or any. <laughs> I did have in the back of my head somewhere that the Silent Night movies were about a killer Santa. So yeah. I was kind of waiting for the right. killer Santa angle to come in. Yeah. Um, they were kind of famously about it. There was actually a, a big controversy over the first one. Well, I, I didn't do any research on this movie before. Well, I, what? I, just, well, I did, because this is what I do. No, no. <laughs> wait, uh, I didn't do it. I mean, I did it a little bit after. Yeah. But I didn't do any before because, you know, so I just popped in the DVD and was like, all right, here we go. Killer Santa film. Yeah. And, and then it's giant cockroaches. And I was like... Am I right? Like, I did take out the case and make sure I was watching the right one. (laughs) And then I also double-checked our text message to make sure that you told me the right one. (laughs) There there is a moment in it which Clint Howard watches a Killer Santa movie. Okay, that might have been one of the earlier ones. See, that's what I wondered. Like, it definitely seems... IMDB suggests that they may take place in different universes because of that. However, Clint Howard... Is it Clint Howard? I think carries over between the movies. Yeah. So is it in a different universe or is it not? He's in, I think, three, four, and five. I'm not sure. Jeez. Uh, I don't know. It's not clear. Yeah. Well, I definitely. That was my other thing, I guess. And I haven't seen these other movies. Going so. into it was, I think, either Aura or somebody else told me that it was, like, basically not connected to the first three in any way, shape, or form. Or it's specifically the first two, which are, like, the overt santa slasher movies yeah and i think in the third one there's also a santa involved isn't there i'm not i'm not sure your, your it, it guess features, goes mine it features the recurrence of the char- the garbage day character i believe god everybody's favorite <laughs> gosh 
it, yeah. in a way it kind of reminds me how like the the original evil dead trilogy are like connected but not really and it's yeah. one of those like the the fans oh. kind of are what spurred them to like create more into like up yeah. the ante on each like sequel and well, it feels kind of like this too they're connected but they revise the continuity with every film yeah that like i definitely get the <laughs> idea that there is probably at least a little bit of that in this franchise but it's just not oh. quite as universally loved as evil dead i think we'll talk about that a little more in the discussion section yeah um but yeah <laughs> it's it is I think it's interesting to note that the DVD set that I have, and I think Aura has, yeah, is three one. through five. Uh, because one and two are the ones that anybody cares about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those are not the ones we're interested in. Well, one and two were, you know, like $40 movies or whatever. Yeah, well, uh, there's a shout set of two because it's such a cult thing yeah. due mm. to the garbage day thing. And the first one is something of a cult film because it was, you know. Pulled. It was, it was pulled from theaters. And never certified in England for a long time. Because they were afraid three, it would be a video nasty. Three through five, on the other hand, I, I assume you bought it from the same person I did for 13 bucks online. I bought it off Amazon. Yeah. I, oh, probably it was the yeah. same person yeah. through the <laughs> second-hand store. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I, I did not have the guts Just, to pop in any of the other ones, though. So I don't, I don't know what happens in three or five. <laughs> yeah, what we have is, I think, a 2009 set in the... Four and five have not been reissued since, although three has gotten a reissue uh, by Lionsgate. Aha! That, I've oh, that explanation. Well, that explains entirely possible why the the trailers at the beginning of the DVD are so on the nose. Because there's other there's other movies that I'm sure that we're going to eventually watch, like Slaughter High. Yeah, Slaughter High is on there. And then there was this other there's other movies that like were that like that same. They have the My Bloody Valentine remake. Yeah, that's. I was like, there was stuff with higher production values. I couldn't remember which one it was, with but that sh- with that fucking schmuck from Supernatural, who was never <laughs> able to break up. Listen, Ackles or whatever. Jensen Ackles is fine. He's fine. I'm just He's saying. Fine. Every time I look at him, I'm like, you're in Supernatural, and nothing else you do is ever going to change that. He he was uh he was Red Hood. <laughs> that that's a big that's a, and I'm, there was a Supernatural Scooby Doo. His breakout roles. I mean, he was on like what twenty seasons of an extremely popular show. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna feel too sorry. <laughs> yeah, for no, him. he he is not hurting for money in any capacity. <laughs> he has all kinds of fucking online fans who write really creepy stories about him. Yeah, and <laughs> and his TV show brother. Yep. And so that plus episode where they they go through all the fanfic of it and the the uh, there's a specific word for it in the supernatural fanfic community, uh, wincest. Oh. Where the the Win- Winchester brothers I'm incest uh, fanfics. <laughs> <Yep>. I, <laughs> this is yeah. the world. Yeah. This is the world we live in. Damn it! It's like that other thing you were telling me about before we started recording. Okay, I, uh, <laughs> I I'm curious about that thing, but <laughs> for, this, for the sake of uh, the actual podcast, it jo- looks jo- like Josh explained to me what Bad Dragon was. <laughs> <laughs> does cody know what bad dragon was? yeah is that clearly it's <laughs> not that face cody knows what bad dragon is it's another f plus episode there's a reason i know that <laughs> yes i i also know bad dragon because of uh internet internet review things and not just the wild 
<laughs> you've, you've dated some fun people, I take it. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, there's lots of those videos. Yeah, no, I'm sure. They, they, they are known by people who know bad internet. Stuff. Why Why are we talking about this on our Christmas episode? Why wouldn't we be talking about this on our Christmas There's, episode? What do you think you're getting for Christmas, Cody? <laughs> to be, you know to be fair, I would, I would much rather, ten times out of ten, have anything Bad Dragon related than have any of the sexual implications of the film that we watched. I really don't want to fuck Clint Howard. That or is, the cockroaches. That's that's number one, and number two are the slimy bugs. That's yeah. I oof. <laughs> and Clint Howard that's, beats it by just that much. He he does beat it. Oh God. At the foot I want of the bed. I want him wearing the same Pinocchio mask in this movie, but in his Apollo thirteen like uh, control panel outfit. <laughs> Why? Okay, R- real quick, I'm gonna air a grievance right now that doesn't have anything to do with anything else. But clearly, the witches like have repeatedly used Clint Howard's character, and he is valuable to them. Why don't they give the man a goddamn shower? what the fuck i mean why do they let him just continue to be a gross like hamburger eating off of the street bum you can lead a horse to water but you can't make clint howard shower that's an old saying (laughs) that is an old saying cody i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry that you're too young to hear to have heard that one but josh is right they used to say that all the time Andy Griffith used to whisper it to Don Knotts backstage of that creepy Ron Howard's little brother. Oh, God. Can you imagine young Clint Howard hanging out around the set? Oh, Everyone like, is that is that like the gremlin from the clone? Is that like the bad... Like, like somebody got Ron Howard... So he fed Ron Howard after midnight and threw him in some water and this is what we got? I imagine... Clint Howard just looked like a 40-year-old man at birth. <laughs> That's what I always sort of thought, too. I I was... So I watched this roommate... Or I watched this movie with my roommate. And we were talking about it. I was like, yeah, well, this is like the most famous guy from this. He was like, how do people even find the movies like this? Like, how do movies like this get made? <laughs> I was like, well, you find them because one of these people ends up being like even mildly successful. And then you look at their IMDb page... And I, I got him to recognize Clint Howard by being like, he's the mayor's assistant from the Grinch movie. Uh, <laughs> movies like this got made because still by the early 90s, video stores were very hungry for content. Yeah. Shows. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> truthfully, movies like this are still being made because, like, if you go to Walmart and you look at their video section, <laughs> like, there's a there's a small corner of them that are just, like, Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different market. Yeah, I was with, uh, like Lionsgate releases. You know? Yeah, there's yeah. there's always the schlocky asylum movies that are just doing that, but I feel like they don't even have the same level of like, I don't know. I w- not. Well, I wouldn't say polish or I polish. Would... Yeah, I saw. I see it. Uh, but... I I wasn't actually gonna say it, but <laughs> since we're there, I would say if we're gonna get into it, that a lot of these. Jesus, we could talk for an hour on this. I think. Uh, a lot of these were made by people who still had theatrical ambitions, and a lot of the stuff that's sort of asylum-y, like, they kind of know. Uh-huh. Like, I think there's more knowledge in B-movie B producers at this point that's like, we're making a product, you know, we, we sell a couple DVDs and we throw it on Netflix for a few bucks. Right. And, that, that, and as long as we make it for cheaper than the, the amount we know we will make from that, then we're all good. 
But like, like Brian Musna, like I, like I said, he fucking co-wrote a, a movie with that was a fucking huge kids hit. Like, these were people that wanted to make real people movies, and they were like, well, we're going to do this, and it's going to be a step way to that. Right. Or like, you know, like I talked about Charles Band, Empire put out a lot of stuff theatrically, and Full Moon didn't really put much out theatrically, but always had ambitions to, and talks about it in their early days. Like, like these were people that wanted to succeed in a more classical Hollywood way than, than current video producers who seem more content to occupy... Like you're David Dakotas, who used to work with Full Moon and has now become the guy who does the... Like, if you ever see the 1313 movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's David Dakota. He, he directed a lot of stuff for Full Moon in the early days. He directed the first Puppet Master film, Freebazoids, some really good movies. And now he churns out not quite softcore <laughs> and occasionally kids' movies, like A Talking <laughs> Cat. That's, it reminds me of, like, the what the director of the Mad Max movies is also known for, Babe and Babe, Pig in the City. Like, yeah. those are his three, like, things. Did you know that? No, I'm sorry. I was I was looking at Clint Howard's credits for a second because I was like... <laughs> oh, there, I have not because that would be a very bizarre list. Well, I was... Well, I was, uh... Like, I feel like he's been on a Seinfeld or something. Probably. Like, that yeah. was where I was, that's where I was picturing him. I mean, I know I've seen him in other stuff, but, but I was like, was he, was he a character on Seinfeld once? But one of the things he's credited for is Clint Howard reshoots Pippi Longstocking with Millie, Mila Jovovich and Fred Willard. Oh. Like, that's the full title of the. <laughs> so. Jesus, God. What even the fuck kind of horror show would that be? Oh my god. <laughs> so, is that the... So wait, that's the, the full title of the project? Yeah. The, What's the year for that? 2015. Jeez. That's some Polly Shore is dead shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I need to look up that. Uh, also, so apparently Silent, Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 through 3 are all connected... Four is the first one that deviates, and five is also a complete deviation. Something uh, about a puppet. Killer toys. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, The Toy Maker, and this actually looks. I saw a review of it. Absolutely amazing. I definitely want to watch this one. <laughs> I'm watching a clip right now of a guy getting his face eaten. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, I can hear the sounds of little feet on my roof, and that can mean only one thing: hell beasts summoned from the depths to rip off my face. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that or it's time for the synopsis. Oh. After the jump. I call this meeting of the board of directors of silent films to order. Or whatever it is corporate bigwigs do. I'm not clear on that. Uh, we're moving ahead on production on Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. Uh, what do we have? It sounds like Cody here has pulled a script together. Uh, by Cody, I assume you mean screenwriter Woody Keith. You would, you know, whomever, whatever. Yeah, I, uh, I got some stuff together. Uh, more of that killer Santa shit? No, this, uh, I'm going with more of a witch slash cockroach thing about this total bitch that wants to be a reporter, even though she knows that's a job for manly men. She starts hanging out with these total lesbos, and... Uh, this wouldn't have anything to do with your ex, would it? My ex-girlfriend, Kimberly Goldstein, who left me for her female yoga instructor? I don't see the connection. So, this Jewy rug muncher... Yeah, enough of that. We, we really can't afford another screenwriter, so I guess we'll just ask Yuzna to shoot around the MRI shit. Goddamn f fucking red-pilled incels. Uh, so, how about Star Power? Uh, the first film was kind of a big controversy. Uh, Siskel and Ebert read out the production staff and said they should all be ashamed. Uh, that generated any cash for us? Sure, but we blew it all 
hiring Clint Howard. Uh, how much could that cost? Well, you know, he needed the money. The bridge he lives under was being repossessed. Well, what does that leave us? 40 bucks, some leftover goo effects from society. I mean... Man, it's a good thing the bottom hasn't fallen out of the video store market yet. We're back on That Podcast Stays Up All Night with a little lump of coal called Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 that Krampus left in our stockings. Thankfully, Cody has a degree in filmic turdology from the University of What's the Matter You. Take it away, goat man. <laughs> I like being the goat man. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is a film. <laughs> Plus one. Off to a great start. Flawless analysis. Perfect victory. We, this fatality. This has been committed to film at one point. This has yeah. been that podcast stays up all night. You can find. <laughs> this is one of the. Uh, this is this. It reminds me of the book reports that sometimes uh, students will hand in. Just like, so it's uh, it's got a red cover and. <laughs> My book is called. Ah, uh, yes. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. The fourth of the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. That's, Plus two, kid! There were three other Silent Night, Deadly Night movies before that. <laughs> don't, don't, no, give me, give me a second. I can fluff this paper up a little bit more. <laughs> so, as far as a real synopsis for this movie goes... Normally during this part, we, we, we truly try to break down, you know, at the, exactly that, the synopsis for the movie. But this one really does seem like three different chunks. The yeah. first chunk of the movie is the introductions. You have this uh, girl and her sleazy boyfriend and the sleazy, you know, well, women-hating job that she works at. He's maybe not sleazy so much as gutless. Like, yeah, because when they're alone, he's all like, "No, baby, they shouldn't treat you this bad. Let me just get a feel of them too." That's true, and, and he, he and, does. And she's like, "Why didn't you fucking stand up for me in the newsroom?" And he's like, right. "I don't know. Let me get a feel on that ass." Yeah. So uh, he is horny as fuck. It's so the movie is like weirdly male gazy, but also the the whole Lilith Fair stuff, the sapphic lesbianism. Uh, I don't. So so anyway, yeah. Um, I guess the very, very beginning of the movie is a hilarious shot of somebody falling off of a burning building while Clint Howard eats a burger from the alleyway and then just uh, touches the charred butt of the uh, woman who fell off, also bringing back <laughs> start, around... Start as you mean to go on. <laughs> the, the funniest chalk outline in the world, which is the top half is chalk outline and then the bottom <laughs> half is just char. <laughs> Also, Clint Howard is involved in these ritualistic things. Why did he need to touch the charred butt? He knew what it was. I mean, we eventually find out that that was the, the main witch's daughter. Maybe she wouldn't let him touch the butt before. <laughs> and he's just like, she's not looking. It's my chance. So, all right. Can so, I, Can I real quickly express my love of spontaneous human combustion? Oh, it's God. one of my favorite. Jo <laughs> Josh probably remembers from a couple years ago where I was just on the spontaneous human combustion thing for like I, three months. I did not remember that. I'm uh, not sure you shared that part of your uh, life with me, Aura. It's all right. I, if you go back in my Facebook history. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that, too, yeah. because... I also have oh, a deep funny. love for spontaneous combustion things, 
Which, hey! Which stemmed, spontaneous combustion buddies! <laughs> it stemmed from, to me, was the funniest ending of a comic that I had ever read, which was a Sam and Max comic, where they both get uh, hogtied by, like, clansmen, I think. Hmm. And there's, or, it's something along those lines. They're gonna be burned alive, and it seems like there's no way out. And then in the last second, the last three panels of, like, this multi-page long comic book is the person who is about to set them on fire just spontaneously combusts. And then <laughs> Sam and Max spend the last two panels talking about spontaneous combustion. I looked into the science of spontaneous human combustion. Do you guys, like... More so than the main character of this movie. <laughs> well, spontaneous human combustion used to be caused by the old soaps that they would use. It would oh. react with people's oil and create just like enough spark that it would then light people's clothes on fire, which would then light them on fire. People wow. used to wash clothes in gasoline. That might have been a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. There was a short that Rift Tracks did that was basically one a public safety short that came out that said, hey, dummies, don't wash your clothes with gasoline. Back in the 1940s, we thought this was a real swell idea. <laughs> Making your clothes smell like turpentine isn't the turn-on that the ladies want. That's funny. So, uh, so yeah, all this stuff happens. The, the main character works for a investigate, like for a newspaper, basically. She does the mm -hmm. classifieds and like the crossword puzzle or something like that, but she wants to be taken seriously and all the men in the office tell her to, you know, get coffee for us. So she decides to go investigating and, uh, at one bookstore happens to find exactly the perpetrator of this crime. Uh, well, this is the bookstore right by the... Right, right by the <laughs> event that happened. Uh, Clint Howard follows her in, and at this point in the movie, I thought that he was going to be the helpful character that gives her advice on what's going on. Instead, he uh, creepily stalks her in the library until he touches her butt, literally, and then she freaks out, understandably. Understandably. <laughs> yeah. Get the hell out of here, Clint Howard. Look at it from her perspective. A chud has just grabbed her. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, that's going to freak you out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the bookstore owner is is very clearly and obviously the evil person. Uh, forces of an occult book on her, despite her multiple times saying she doesn't want the book, but she has no problem eating any food that people give her, including <laughs> these weird, crunchy dates. Uh, so then we now get to after this we, one scene to the I think second. She might have pica or something. Oh uh, yeah, she I, really I, does just fucking inhale anything you give her. <laughs> so this uh, is just before roofie kits. Immediately after we get to the second part of the movie, where suddenly now she is she is stalked by Clint Howard repeatedly. Bugs everywhere, ants on her hands just randomly. There's roaches in her sink. Her spaghetti is moving around and happens to also share the exact same spiral pattern that you start to see now everywhere at this point in the movie. Uh, and it dances back and forth between, I want to hang out with my new, um, oh, the bookstore owner invites her to a, a gathering of other <laughs> older ladies, cool. Invites her to like a, a lesbian meetup in the park back before you could do that openly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, uh, look, we know what it's coded as, and we're not right. going to pretend otherwise. Uh, All they do is talk about how they don't like men. Yeah. Every single person in the movie gets a shot at uh, poisoning the main character or giving the main character drugs through either food or drink. And then uh, then all the body horror shit starts to set in. And you think, oh man, what a crazy like climax scene. They're doing 
They're putting this thing in her gut. And then she wakes up, and then everything's, like, kind of normal. I do want to go back to the drugging for a second, because you oh. mentioned it a little, but we really need to drive home. She just straight up puts, How like, mercury in her tea. She gets Like, drugged. point blank in front of her face. She is the fucking, the bookstore lady is constantly throwing shit into food that she's about to give her. She's like, oh, no, that's just to help you, that's just to help you, you, you relax. And then she takes it, and she's like, Ugh. She always, she like, does not put it together. She looks for at it. very long And then, time. like, just keeps drinking. Oh, truly a baffling part of this movie. Like, I mean, the books really always makes an excuse because she's like, it's just for digestion, like, it's for whatever, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Put it together, lady, because right. she does it to you, like, six times. Like, fool me once. And then, well, everybody know. else in the group does it, too, because she goes over to the the boyfriend's house, and then it's, like, the boyfriend's de- grandma, or the boyfriend's mom, also has just, like, a plate of food, and she's like, special family recipe. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. And she looks like dismissive about it but still just eats the food anyway yep that is a fun scene to talk about the eating with the boyfriend uh-huh. uh, and the family because the, the dad gives us some really nice anti-semitism yes this is where uh, this is where our uh, our stuff about the uh, sketch earlier yeah now it comes full circle and i think it's important to note that because we didn't just make that shit up <laughs> we didn't make it up they are they are weirdly adamant about the fact that she doesn't celebrate christmas in this christmas horror movie because she is jewish she celebrates hanukkah well, which seems a non-observant and then yeah, she immediately is like i don't really do that though yeah she's like i don't really care about any of this and he's like you were made from my rib god isn't that in your shitty bible too jew yeah it's it's really uncomfortable He's all like, women shouldn't work. And kind of I the most uncomfortable thing in this movie chair. about giant cockroaches, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Blatant, blatant <laughs> anti-Semitism. What's the, what's the thing? That, it's, that it occurs in the real world that shit like that happens. And he doesn't, like, you could say this guy's a caricature and you're not supposed to sympathize with him, but he never gets a comeuppance. Like, and, <laughs> and frankly, the point of the film could well be interpreted as women shouldn't work because this woman working doesn't turn out well. This is a weird movie where just based on which group of people the main character is interacting with is only either her boyfriend and her work friends or her new you know witch group friends and it's either blatant misandrony or blatant misogyny and those are the only two things that it circulates back and forth between it's it's basically reddit episode (laughs) god i wish you titled these episodes because that would be a good episode title read it as a movie it's it's a red pill christmas for us all god i honestly as far as the synopsis goes the movie literally just spirals into madness from here yeah the second part it becomes very body horror centric body horror centric and then and then it cycles back to just like normal like she just tries to go about her day and then more crazy shit happens yeah because she like she's there's this extended sequence where like She's at she's at her house with her boyfriend and they have sex, right? And then in the middle of it, Ron Howard comes in and sits down. No, 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 no. Not Ron Howard. Clint <laughs> Howard. That would be a really surprising twist in this movie. Hi guys. Oh, man. Hi guys. <laughs> it's arrested development. I'm gonna come. She didn't come. <laughs> uh, he comes in, she sits at the foot of the bed while they are fucking and watches one of the silent 
the other Silent Night, Deadly Night films, I think. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Okay, so this scene. <laughs> and they keep going. For that. that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's audibly clear. laughing at the TV at this point in time. Neither of them acknowledged that he was there. At first, I'm like, so is he hallucinatory? Like, is this yeah. Yeah. not, is he not really there? But then the boyfriend's like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah, finally, like, <laughs> it took you, like, I guess you were in the vinegar strokes, but you could, I, if Clint Howard walked in while I was having sex, Clint Howard walked in when I was doing anything, I would stop <laughs> that thing and run. Well, he's it's a, a frightening man, so and he's extra frightening in this movie. He has a knife in his hands, and the boyfriend tries to, Literally, he opens the door and tries to shoo him out with a broom, and Clint Howard's hilarious <laughs> response is to just close the door. Like a very the door and stabs him. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Very right? normal person thing. It's like, oh, I've been a crazy drifter this whole movie, but now I'm, I'm sensible enough to just shut the door you're trying to push me out of. You have a broom. I have a knife. Yeah. Well, then he, he doesn't even use the knife first. He just bites him in the goddamn Achilles tendon. Yeah, he does. He oh, does. holy shit. <laughs> Speaking of, like, Evil Dead comparisons. Oh, the ankle so, stuff in this movie. Oh. So he murders this boyfriend, and... <laughs> and then he's like, we gotta go. And she's like, okay. And Well, she's, she doesn't want to. Like, she's yeah. freaking up still. She calls her friend Janice, the, the secretary who turns out to be in on it. Yeah, I was all, all, my roommate that was watching with me called that by like three <laughs> miles away too. They, they give it away when he, she gives out her location. She's like, how do you know where I was? I'm like, oh, well, because she's obviously in yeah. on it. It's, it's so funny now that now that I know that there's that society connection. It, it really is true. Like, nobody in this movie is her friend. Like, it's, even her boyfriend is kind of doing his own self-interest shit I while he's alive. I think that's kind of a Yuzna signature, is, is movies where no one is very good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does, honestly, like, the last half just feels so jarring because of how, how much it switches back to trying to pretend like things are normal when you've already seen some really fucked up stuff. Yeah. But, like... The, the build of getting to that point, I think, is good. And definitely, as far as, like, the horror elements go of any of the movies we've watched so far has been one of the stronger, like... Absolutely. Builds. This is, like, the second part is the strongest part. Yeah. Like, we were... Clint Howard's trying to get her out of the apartment, right? Uh-huh. And he's surprisingly nonchalant about it. Yeah. Gagging really, her, tying her up. In, in a really amazing way. Like, Janice shows up, and she's been tied up, and she's like, unties her, and she's like, just take her. And he's like, come on, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go, we're gonna be late. He just, he sounds more kind of annoyed. Clint like, Howard is, is... Why are you pulling this shit again? Has read the <laughs> script, and he's very anxious to get to the next scene where he has to have sex with her. That's, I think, what is happening. <laughs> the director's like, the next thing's the sex scene. You gotta get her out of that apartment, it's, guy. It's like the dead don't die where... Uh, <laughs> I like how the, they shot this movie in sequence and you guys is sort of, like, set up for this, too. Right? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> the next scene is a kind of orgy scene with fucking Clint Howard. And, yep. and if, and if, and and if Hellraiser... you were hoping to die without seeing that, then don't watch this movie. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. It's so And when you sweaty. watch Rosemary's Baby and they have the orgy dream, did you ever think this would be... Improved by a goblin man that sort of looks like the director of Apollo 13. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, well, then I'm glad you had a chance to see your dream realized, Dora. But for me, it was more of a nightmare. I wanna, I want the. Uh, oh damn! I guess that timeline doesn't work. I was just thinking about like I want the alternate history where. Uh, Don, uh, Barney Fife is played by Clint Howard instead of Don Knotts, but I mean, he would have been the same age as Opie during that well, point in time. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
<laughs> so then then you have Don Knotts as all of these like bit characters instead of being like in bit religious things and uh the ghost and Mr. Chicken. He's it's it's Ron Howard's brother. Now I'm picturing Clint Howard in a face in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, through the Andy Griffith connection. God. There it is. They're <laughs> all a bunch of little idiots. <laughs> Isn't uh, Andy Griffith Matlock as well? Or who's the other? Was I don't know. I think... There's like one... Sure. There's somebody else from the show that was famous, but... Well, like, Andy Griffith has like one other TV show, I feel like, besides I the, the titular show. Not that this matters on our Silent Night, Deadly Night synopsis part, but... <laughs> it's okay. Well, I'll describe the rest Andy, of the... Andy Griffith was in uh, the detective show. That's when I... Yeah. Uh... uh... All right, I gotta spit this out. I know it's not the right answer. Father Dowling Mysteries. Okay, got that one out. Now it was Matlock. Matt I got Lock. that right. It's Matlock. Matt All right. Okay. All right. So we get a body. So after the orgy scene, which well, if you have not clawed your eyes out yet, then you get a really cool body horror scene where she's in this slaughterhouse and like she's encrusted in this weird thing and there's bugs crawling all over bodies. There's like a dude hanging from his nipples. Yeah. Uh, which is, I always find fucking creepy in movies. Uh, I've seen that in person. Her, her fingers. That. No, and I'm, I'm, you can edit there. <laughs> <laughs> I can guess who was involved. No, it was in Bowling Green. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they, they do this cool effect, and they, they repeat it later, where her fingers sort of twist up and create this. Yeah. That was she cool. does. She does the. She does the Naruto stuff. But it was a. It was like a spell or something, right? Yeah, it's like, I think it's supposed to be that she's making, based on the end, it's a candle made of hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also because there was a cover for this that had a, a candle with a person on it. Um, and it's a really cool effect and really, really creepy. And then they kick her out and everybody is acting like nothing happened, except that her her boyfriend is missing. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Yeah. A shitty um, office party, and then we're back to more fucked up stuff, and uh, then we, oh god, yeah, then we have to ch- kidnap a child. Yeah, the coven leader's like, you have to kidnap and kill a child, and she's like, no, and the coven leader's like, okay, you're gonna be constantly on fire then. And she's <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> so they, you get to the end of the movie, and she's finally like, I can't kill a kid, and they're like, it's a boy, it's not a kid, it's a boy! We hate men! And uh, she predictably turns on the head witch, right? And uh, nobody else turns on her, and they're like, "All right, I guess you're the uh, head witch now." And then the credits roll; yep. they're all on top of the the roof, and it's like, "Wow, this movie begin began with a woman falling off a roof on fire, and it ended with one." Yep, that's uh, that's that's cyclical. Hope you enjoyed and, the show, folks. And it ends with the hand candle handle effect again, yeah, where she jams it through the belly of the head witch, which is fucking awesome looking. Yeah. And the actress is pretty good at it because she does it and then it cuts back to her and her hands are normal and she's like, <laughs> yeah, like she's like, what is even happening? I'm, my mind is broken by everything that I've seen. Oh God. Well, that's the audience too at this point. Agree. Like, the, the actress that was the main actress was fairly decent in this. I think mm-hmm. and that helped carry a lot. Yeah. Of this otherwise fairly absurd fucking Other movie. than her, her <laughs> blind naivety at all of the red flags of all of the people around her and that's, her willingness to eat anything. That's kind of the writing's fault. <laughs> sure. She does the best she can to play a character who is really fucking illogical. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Alright, uh, so I thought a fun place to start talking about this would be to talk about sequels. 
Uh, horror films are known for iterative franchises, mainly, which recycle slight variations on the premise, like sending the characters to space or the hood, air quotes. Oof. Uh, occasionally, though, your Halloween 3s or Silent Night, Deadly Night 4s wander off in a totally new direction, creating something more original, uh, but arguably sacrificing iconic images and accumulated backstory to do so. Uh, so what do we think about those two directions that you can take? With a horror franchise. It's it's something that's almost like a staple of it when you get past at least a three. Like, I feel like a trilogy you can still, you know, keep... Obviously, you use the example Halloween 3. Yeah. But um, I feel like that's... Three is where you jump the shark and you do something weird or, or beyond <laughs> that. Well, I, have you seen Halloween 3? Halloween 3, no. That's another one that's, that's, a, uh, that's an up-all-night movie, so we'll be watching it eventually. But it's, I was just really thinking one. about... Uh, it has nothing to do with, with Michael Myers. I, I did know that. I knew that it was like the one that's like the deviation. But yeah. like even Friday the 13th Part 3, in the first two, the first movie, it's not even Jason. Yeah, the second Jason. movie, no, it's Jason. And then the third movie is where he finally gets the iconic mask. So you don't even really have stereotypical hockey mask jason machete until four yeah i think a lot of it depends on sort of how elemental your character is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i think stuff like like part of why the slasher films were so successful like those very there's not a lot of backstory to know in the fridays and the halloweens like, yeah right? like they're both the faceless killers that yeah are unstoppable you're and you're aware of what one, it is going into and jason it. was wronged at one point but other than that you don't need to know much of anything right Except I guess that in the Halloween films that they're tied to the Strode family. Mm-hmm. Um, the only Hellraiser movie I've seen is Hellraiser Goes to Space. I'm not even sure which one it is. <laughs> uh, three, I think. That's the Bloodlines? that's the only yeah that's the only one I've seen. So um, where's the space station? That's the lament configuration. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it, <laughs> like, but I don't know if I. I, I was with somebody who had seen several of the Hellraiser movies and was basically like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> one and maybe two were good in that franchise. Uh-huh. And that's kind of after that. It does. Hellraiser is definitely the film in which it gets pretty dumb and yeah. it gets progressively. Basically, the interesting thing about the Hellraiser franchise is I believe what they do with it now is just buy unrelated scripts and fucking jam Pinhead into that uh, shit. Like, there was Hellworld was one in particular where it's. Uh, a, uh, an MMO that's killing people type one. There's a million of those scripts out there. They bought one of those and just like fucking threw in Pinhead at the end. Jesus. Because huh. why not? Yeah. I mean, somebody will sell their shit script on, on, a, on a tired premise. Child's Play also does the same thing too where you have like Child's Play 1, 2 and then suddenly they change to Chucky movies and then Bride of Chucky. Uh, I, I don't know. That's three was three was a child's play. Oh, three is still a child's play. It was, it was the military one, I believe. Okay. Well, you see, even there, that's uh, that's a slight deviation a little bit from like that without straying too far. Because I was because yeah. you got Evil Dead one and two, and then Army of Darkness. Yeah. Feels like it's the it's the action movie of the horror franchise, but it's still definitely it's, an Evil Dead movie. Well, they're a weird spectrum because the first one is really just a horror film. Uh-huh. Like with a little bit of comedy to it, which comes from the fact that like what Raimi brought to the table was understanding how slapstick yeah. could connect to comedy. But he was just directing horror as slapstick. He wasn't 
trying to be funny. Uh-huh. And then in the second film, he realized that he could be funny, and that was, in yeah. my opinion, the best of the oh, yeah. Evil Dead franchise. That and Bruce Campbell both. acting his ass off in the in the one scene. Yes. Like, throwing himself in loops and smashing plates over his own head. Sam Raimi should fucking thank Bruce Campbell every goddamn day for the money <laughs> that he has. Um, um, and then Army of Darkness was much more kind of silly. Yeah, universal movie. I don't think we addressed your question, so go ahead. I know. I, no, I don't think we're going to say which one's better. That's just sort of how I framed it for the sense of getting oh, okay. the question out there. All right. I just wanted to make sure. I, um, I, I was just, I, was, I couldn't think of a better way to frame it. I don't think any of them, I, my answer to that question is neither is innately better. I think some, well, is there, I think when there's concepts like, like Silent Night, Deadly Night's concept of like a killer Santa Claus, you can't do much with. And I think yeah. you might as well just fucking discard it. Yeah. Well, is there, I mean, a setting intrinsic, though, to, to the horror thing? I mean, because, like, like, I'd sit here and I'd say, you know, something like with Batman, like, Gotham is intrinsic, you know? Like, mm-hmm. when you start to remove Batman from Gotham, like, it has to be Justice League, or it doesn't work at all, right? right? Um, Because, I mean, like, even, there are comics about this where, you know, they've, they've Batman has had to take over, you know running superman's you know beat for a while and it, it it doesn't go well and that's the contrivance of the whole thing so in horror movies is that setting intrinsic then i'd say in classic franchise horror uh one thing that's important to understand is that the heroes aren't the main connective thread between them typically it's it's the villains mm-hmm. like it's freddie that matters it's michael myers that matters like Jamie Lee Curtis might come back, but really Michael Myers is the connective thread. So there are things that attach to the villain that need to be carried through. Like Jason is attached to uh, to you know to uh, to Crystal Lake, uh-huh. to Camp Blood. Um, and if you're doing a film, you can take films that remove him from that context, but they need to refer back in some way. Sure. Right. Uh, like Jason may go to Manhattan, but he's he's coming there from Crystal Lake. Right. Jason may go to space, but <laughs> the computer's going to fool him by doing a fucking a camping simulation thing. Uh huh. Like, otherwise you you lose the identity mm. of of the property. And is this like where something like aliens may have gone wrong? Um, well, no, I, maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. I think Aliens is just tough to do in continuity because, like, what made the first Alien so effective uh, is a standalone thing. Which is the only horror film in the series. Yeah. Uh, is that the, you don't know rules about it. Like, there's just an alien, and it's, you know, they go to this planet and they find weird alien things. They're like, what's happening? And then suddenly somebody's chest breaks open and a little skittery worm comes out. And they're like, oh, God, Hello, there's, my honey. there's Hello, space my worms. And then all of a sudden it's a fucking huge, drooly monster that's ripping them all apart. And none of them really ever fucking know what's happening. In the original ending for the first Aliens, the alien killed Sigourney Weaver and then impersonates her on the radio because it was secretly sentient all along. Ooh. Like, because what makes yeah. that film effective is just the idea that you have no fucking clue what a xenomorph is. Yeah. And, you know, all the other films lose that. Uh, I would argue, I know a lot of people like it too. I like it less than other people in that I like the first one more, and some people like it but more than the first one, and that's your business. Uh, I would horror, argue man. that it's more of an action movie with horror elements than a horror film, kind of a precursor to stuff like the Resident Evil franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, it's, it does a good job of trying to... It definitely has horror elements, because although it does have all this marine, like, oh, we're tough guys, then undercuts that pretty quickly. Yeah. As the Marines find out that they were not prepared, uh, 
but it still goes off of a lot of action movie cliches, I'd say, more than horror movie cliches. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think that, of, I don't know what else you can do with it, because you've started to establish rules. I don't think of the first Predator movie as a horror movie either. I definitely think yeah. of that one just as like a straight up... Even though it, he, the Predator monster is considered like an iconic like horror thing. like You see that more at like a horror convention than you're going to see at you know whatever else yeah. but there's there's those elements to it but it still doesn't feel like a overall horror thing yeah, I think that's why you see alien versus predator like they clump together because yeah. they're similar they're of similar kind um and yeah it's it's much more of an action film and the, the i think a part of how you can tell that is like when people think of alien they think of like horror moments like the chest burster moment right yeah um or the the cat leaping out fake scare, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think of aliens, you think of like game over, man, or like yeah, action that's, movie lines. That's same immediately with, what I thought of. Same with Predator, like get to the chopper, you know, or uh, sexual Tyrannosaurus, right? You think of you think of the the Rambo lines from the fucking movie, not the not not the horror moments, right? Hmm. So I'd say that was what defines them more. And I think I think aliens. Prometheus was the best, closest attempt to recreate aliens. I think it kind of f- failed for a lot of people because it was a bit meandery. I liked it all right. Although I like one as good as the first one. I like uh, but, I like uh, Covenant a lot actually. Really, I didn't care for Covenant. I should probably rewatch that sometime. Covenant but, to me yeah. is the um, is like a almost like a return to roots. It feels like a camp slasher version of an alien movie because especially the way that they have everybody like coupled. In that yeah. movie, like Danny DeVito's got a girlfriend, like James Franco was my boyfriend, but he's dying in a fire at the beginning of this movie, which was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and then everybody is like getting slowly picked off one by one. I will say, Michael Fassbender is great in casting Danny. Danny <laughs> McBride was in that, right? Yeah, he was yeah. A pilot. Uh-huh. Jesus, that was a great choice. Yeah, he's... I was. I was so at first. I was like, why would you want Danny McBride in your horror movie? But he was really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> very very good so Michael Fassbender is in both Prometheus and, and Covenant is fucking great as the android <laughs> like there is nobody else needs to play an android after that he might even be better than Lance Hendrickson as the android which is probably heresy to say <laughs> <laughs> nobody can kiss himself in the mirror like Michael Fassbender he just seems so broken <laughs> <laughs> Jesus that guy is good at playing he, same thing with Magneto he's great at playing people that are broken and don't realize it so, I told you guys, like, you, you might have saw, uh, I watched Glass, finally. Uh-huh. Yeah, that movie wasn't very good at all. Nope. Wasn't it? <laughs> no. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I never even finished watching Unbreakable, so. I don't like Wait, it. Wait, you didn't finish while it? We're, while we're speaking oh. of hot takes. I know how it ends. But... I don't like Unbreakable. I think that's a slow, boring movie. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Now, now nobody's happy. <laughs> I, I only watched the first part, but I can't say whether it's good or not. I thought it people, was okay, but a little slow. People, while we're already on this tangent, people said that Split was like the best out of if you're counting all three of those movies as a trilogy, which seems kind of like a stretch, even though I know what it is. But uh, they said Split was really good. I haven't really heard that much bad stuff about Split, but I definitely heard that people fucking hated Glass. Yeah, Glass was not. Not my favorite movie that I actually plunked down money to buy. A but I liked Lady it's... in the Water, so I know I don't have the like good <laughs> wow. takes when it comes to, uh, <laughs> to M. Night Shyamalan movies. Shyamalan has... 
no sense of how human beings communicate with each other. <laughs> like, that's, that's the big obstacle in his it's, movies. This just makes me like, think of the... Have you seen The Happening? Yeah, yes. Jesus oh my Christ, God. that real, was a movie made on. by a Martian. Hold on, real quick. I know nobody else can see it. Uh, so because this, this is, is going to get cut. Yeah. This, <laughs> well, this will all get saved. Nobody else can see it because it's a podcast. But here's my... Um, here's my... Uh, Wahlberg impersonation from The Happening. Yeah, no, that's good, actually. He's and, just... then, and then my favorite line of the whole movie is, I went and I bought back a, a bottle of cough syrup, and it was totally superfluous. I didn't need that at all. Totally superfluous bottle of cough syrup. Uh, him he, and, him and married, Zoe... Being married to Zoe Deschanel has clearly driven him insane. Oh, God. Well, in that the, those are just He's a science a... teacher who opens by telling people science will never teach you anything. <laughs> then what the fuck are you doing with your life? I'm teaching. You know what that's like. <laughs> have right, you, have you seen The Happening? I do. I do indeed know what that's like. Have you seen The Happening, Aura? Uh, I I recall. Is that the one where everybody's killing it, it would appear to be taking place in the in like some uh, no, 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 where plants are killing everyone. That's the village. Oh, the village. Every it's where everybody in the world starts killing themselves, and it's plants that are making them do it. Yes. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but they're fucking real. And that movie's been out for like over ten years. We're fine. The best scene. The best scene is when he's talking to the artificial plant. <laughs> yeah. We don't mean you oh. any harm. Yeah. <laughs> like finally Marky Mark has a fucking equal to, 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 bounce, <laughs> to bounce with like if he'd have that in his acting classes Aww. Aww. okay so yeah horror franchises <laughs> uh, they're a weird thing I mean I think there's an argument that a lot of the M. Night Shyamalan movies happen in the M. Night Shyamalan verse so these are still, you know. There's a consistent tone, I think, that, sure. that yeah. groups them together. Devil. Is his weird ass tone. <laughs> I would I would almost love to just sit down with a guy just to see how he how he understands the world and how that has created the way people interact in his movies. It, it makes me think of when they're doing the whole uh the It's Always Sunny Shamalon episode. Yes. <laughs> you got Shamalon. You got it. You I got the biggest Shamalon twist of all for you. <laughs> <laughs> did he do? He did a he did a redo of a, a horror anthology recently, didn't he? Him, M Night. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I think the last thing I knew about was Glass. Well, and he did that that mom and dad film. It was not the one with Nicolas Cage. He did one where it was like old, it was like grandparents. Oh, like the visit. A kid, the visit. Yeah. The visit. The happening. The expanse. The the. Yes, no, he likes naming a lot oh, of things. Oh, shit. Uh, the Expanse is his? No, 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 no. No. No, no was, that would be amazing. Yeah, I was no, like, I was, whoa. I was, I was... And market increase in quality from... <laughs> I was... Uh, there, there was a, there was a banner ad for the Expanse oh. while I'm, while I'm looking up my fact here about M. Night Shyamalan. That's... that's Quick, completely irrelevant fact about the Expanse. Really good show, but all of the ads that were like it's Game of Thrones in space. Yeah. What the fuck? Right. No, it isn't. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, unrelated. I don't know why that just like triggered another thing in my brain. I just have another grievance to air. Why is it that all of these fucking movies that we have to watch, we get DVD like releases of them? None of them have subtitles. I can't understand what people are saying in any of these movies. I just want to say that while we're while we're in the territory of things that might be cut from this episode. I, I want to I mean, real quickly. A lot of these uh, movies. Hang on, not well hang on. 
Cody, Cody just uh, Andy Rooney'd us. <laughs> why can't these movies have any subtitles? Why, why don't these movies have subtitles? <laughs> you know what else is weird? Staplers. Uh, Wayward Pines. Wayward the, Pines. He was, I wasn't, was that him? I thought it was just a TV he, show. He was the pro- yeah, it was a TV show, sorry. Uh, he yeah. was a producer on a lot of the episodes. Okay, it's based on a book and series, I know that. Alright. Well, so, uh, what's a Christmas party without some fun and games? A Christmas party in my dingy apartment, that's what, because I don't like holidays. Aura is back to make us jump through more hoops after the jump. Do you ever feel down? I kinda do. Do you ever feel tired during the day? Yes, actually. Do you have trouble sleeping? Yep. Do you ever wet the bed? What? Are you stuck in a loveless relationship, and the only way which that manifests itself is in joining a cockroach witch cult? Uh, how'd you know that? With Usnor, you can finally bring out the change you need in your life. Side effects include constipation, skin rash or dermatitis, diarrhea or loose stools, dizziness, drowsiness, dry mouth, overuse of the word Kafka-esque, headache, insomnia, being completely insufferable to those around, fast heart rate, increased blood pressure, loss of appetite, birthing a cat-sized cockroach, and weight loss. After taking Yesnor, you will metamorph your life today. You will finally be happy. I'm happy now. If you have a hard time affording your medication, Rodzi may be able to help. Welcome back to That Podcast Days Up All Night. Personally, I'd rather be playing a pin the tail on the derelict Clint Howard, but Aura has some game ideas of his own, I guess. Here we go! Let's spin that wheel, Cody, that, that two-and-a-half-story wheel. that. <laughs> It sounds like it's sneezing. Listen, listen it's snowing on the wheel, and, uh, and the wheel has some sinus issues. Wheel stop. Metamorphosis is the first is the first hit. Uh, this uh this this game uh is if you were if you were joining a witchy cult. What is your summon spirit? Hmm. What do you What do you feel like your summon spirit? It turns out this week I learned that uh, Komodo dragons are all in another language. The my name Aura, so I would choose Komodo dragons. Hmm. So is this is it like a witch familiar type yeah. thing? Or? Well, that I mean that that was the deal with the cockroaches, right? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. I think uh, maybe like uh, like like sticky pornographic comic book pages. That's true. Just manifesting themselves everywhere, and you're like, "Where the hell do these hentai keep coming from?" And then suddenly, <laughs> I'm there with a cape, and they're like, they're "Like, why is this an accountant wearing a cape?" Uh, I think my totem animal is a brain-eating fungus that takes control over uh, ants and makes them climb tall places and then germinates. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, gross! I like I like to think that that's what my life is. Metamorphosis. That was, yeah. So this is this is the Kafka story you're waking up in. <laughs> uh, all right, Cody, take another spin of the wheel. Real real quick, do you remember the the mo- movie where Whoopi Goldberg becomes Santa Claus? And I do. They're doing the the interviews for the Santa, and the one guy is like. He's in the black turtleneck, but he's got the Santa hat, and his presentation is Kafka Claus. 
And she's like, get the hell out of here. I do not remember that. <laughs> it's, I'd have to look that up. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun movie. That is, yes. It's, <laughs> it's the pizza delivery driver from Dazed and Confused. It's like the head elf. He's the, the only like human-sized person in the whole elf ensemble. All right. One more wheel spin. Well, like three more, but uh, yes. Like a couple more wheel spin. <laughs> Clint Howard, fact or fiction? <laughs> this is a this is a game developed on the fly. <laughs> so, uh, so the 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 contrivance of this one is uh, I will give these guys a movie title, a year, and a character name, and they will have to tell me if it's Clint Howard. Or if it's somebody else uh, that looks like Clint Howard or has been on Star Trek Deep Space Nine as a character actor. Because <laughs> <laughs> those, those were the people I looked up. <laughs> so. No, it's, uh, it's what's his name from, uh, from Reanimator. <laughs> right? Uh, so the, the year. Comes. The, the year is 1996. The movie is Barbed Wire. The character name is Schmitz. Oh. Clint Howard or someone else? Do we want to take turns or do we want to guess together? Uh, let's take turns. Okay. Uh, I'm, I think Clint Howard was in Barbed Wire, so I'm going to go yes. Oh, oh we're, we're both taking turns just on it. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I would also, Schmitz absolutely sounds like a Clint Howard character. You both are correct. Woo! So far, one for one, right, guys? <laughs> so, um... Oh, God damn it! The, the loading on this. Never mind, this one's Clint Howard, too. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, I'm gonna guess uh, Clint Howard? <laughs> no, hang on. It's it screwed up. See, this is what happens when you do the bits that you have to prep for. I, right. I, I, I should have uh, <laughs> copied and pasted these in, except you guys were reading the script, too. So, uh, <laughs> Open a text document. Buddy. Yeah, that's oh, what I do. There we go. God. Yeah, there it is. That's what I should have done. I have, I, I have notepad. <laughs> this, is, this is the content that audiences love. Josh, I have yeah, I gotta, on all of my work laptops so I can pin it to my desktop so I can get I, to I it. like the games, but we got to talk about these amateur hour ones. Like, <laughs> or we, we might have to let you go. I'm thinking about getting somebody. How about them? I think we can get one of the. Uh, the oh, what are the, the McElroys? <laughs> the. Zeppo uh, McElroy. <laughs> the year is 2002. Go-mo. The movie is Fear.com. The character name, Styles. Oh, Fear.com. Um, I do not remember Clint Howard being in Fear.com. I'm going to say... But I don't remember much about that. I'm going to say no, and it's it's Matthew Lillard. <laughs> you don't, you don't have now. to guess who. I'll, I'll tell oh. you who. Uh, no, yeah. Jeffrey Combs. Ah, that was that was my, my, my earlier joke turned out to be true. Yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> character actors that are also on Deep Space Nine. So, <laughs> if if you do, uh, I know what you did last summer too. I know that's Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> oh, I just closed the Jeffrey Combs window, so you're out of luck. <laughs> uh, who's the um, who's the guy who's in like so many oh MST3K movies that? Uh, oh man, this is gonna get cut. Man. I know. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> I did it at the beginning of the episode. 
Who's the Who's the guy that's in all the MST3K stuff that his voice sounds like this? Oh, Eddie Deason. Eddie Deason. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Eddie Deason? <laughs> you haven't even said anything yet. Yeah, right? My, my favorite Eddie Deason is Laser Blast, where he plays a bully. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, Eddie Deason's a convincing bully against a, against discount Mark Hamill with a laser gun. I just always think about him in the Polar Express. <laughs> the, the year is 1987. The movie title is The Vern Miller Story. Hmm. The character is The Mortician. Ooh. No idea what that movie is, but... If anyone can play a mortician, well, it's Eddie Deason. <laughs> you no, no it's Clint Howard's you're looking for. <laughs> you want me to slab this body for you? <laughs> That's a fine, Clint Howard impression too. I'm gonna say yes, just because I think Clint Howard could do a good mortician. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna split the vote. I'm gonna say no. Armin Shimmerman. Woo! Shimmerman yeah. from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. The year is nineteen ninety five. The movie is Digital Man. The character name is Dawkins. Yeah, that's a Clint Howard. I'm gonna go for you as well. You both are correct. Woo! I should have known what the mortician is if it was Clint Howard, he'd probably have a character name. <laughs> Armin Shimmerman would be say, like isn't gonna get a name, but Stinky D Bodies or something like that would be Clint Howard's mortician character name. The year is 2015. The movie is Robo Dog. The character is Mr. Willis. Oof, yeah. Mr. Willis. Uh, if it's not Clint Howard, then that's one of those um, uh, <laughs> it's Christopher Lloyd bits. <laughs> mm. I'm gonna go with no. That's Wallace Shawn. Oh! Wallace Shawn. You met Wallace Shawn. I did meet Wallace Shawn. You met Wallace Shawn? Well, <laughs> yes. I was... Wait, I wait, was, let me rephrase that. You met Wallace Shawn? <laughs> I was... I was... You didn't drink whatever he was offering, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was... Switch that. Yeah, I was, um... I was in a, a hotel restaurant uh, at a comic book convention. Uh-huh. Well, actually, I was at the academic convention, and there just happened to be a comic <laughs> book convention also attached to it, which was so serendipitous this, for me. That literally feels like a Simpsons episode cause, setup. Because, like, I was, I was going back and forth between the two. Um, way overdressed for the comic book convention, way underdressed for the academic thing. So uh, I'm sitting in this, uh, in this uh, ho- uh, hotel restaurant, and one of the people I was with is like, that's Wallace Shawn. Should we go say hi? What should we do? And and you know everybody else at the table's like fucking play it cool like yeah. don't don't and you know like we're all looking at him and like while this is going on and his like handler or perhaps daughter I'm not sure which <laughs> just looks at us and nods and is like yeah it's him you know like, <laughs> I would assume a daughter or something yeah. well <laughs> I don't feel like Wallace Shawn is a handler kind of guy <laughs> and and so so she really is an American treasure. Yes. Oh, sure. Uh, so, so I'm like, I recognize that guy. I don't know why I recognize that guy though. And like, I'm going on and on about like Deep Space Nine. I'm like, I think he was a guy on Deep Space Nine. Like, <laughs> that is, I was 
was going to save it for the end. But then the funniest thing is when Aura told me about it, he was like, I met the guy who was the Grand Nagus. And I was like, isn't that Wallace Shawn? And he's like, yeah, the Grand Nagus. And I was like, from Princess Pride? <laughs> Aura was like, everyone keeps saying that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe they got that one, buddy. So we sit here through this whole universally loved this... film. Yeah, right. Oh, he's that bit part on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, well, he, was, yeah. he was a recurring. Oh, was it? Isn't that the guy who was the butler in Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy? Yeah, who's like, that guy from Southland Tales? So, so we're sitting here. Disappointing follow up to Donnie Dark. And this one woman's just freaking out the whole time. She wants to go say hi. She wants to go say hi, and everyone's like, "Knock it off. Just stay cool. cool. Stay cool." And She's like, fuck it, I, I need to go. don't want Wallace Shawn to think we're lame. <laughs> she's, just like, she's like, I'm going to go up and I'm, I need to go have Andre. a smoke. She's like, I need to go have a smoke. And so she gets up to have a smoke. And right as she, like, she's leaving the thing, Wallace Shawn gets up and goes around the room and basically greets everybody and thanking them for letting him have a meal without bugging him. <laughs> and she comes back. She's like, she's like, everybody's like, oh, you'd never guess what happened while you were gone. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. Holy shit. And so, yeah, I posted about it on Facebook. <laughs> and I talked about how I got, I met to, got to meet the Grand Nagus. And everybody's like, do you meet the guy from the Princess Bride? And I was like, well, I guess that too. <laughs> like, oh my God. That's so amazing. Yeah. I could just, I can picture it's, it in my head. Him taking like thirty minutes to just single like go around every table, shake every person's hand, and say, "I'm Wallace Shawn. Thank you for leaving me be." Yeah, yeah. It's just a very, very feels in character for him. It's kind of a cool story, and it's like the best aura story. Yeah, that's in, so funny. How he is in the the Grand Nagas thing. Yeah. Okay. The- uh, no, he's the Grand Nagus. <laughs> the guy from what? Deep Space Nine. It's Princess Bride. What the hell? <laughs> the year is two th- 2000. The, the movie is rated X. And the character name is Artie Mitchell. Ooh. Artie sounds like a Clint Howard name. It does. And... Rated X so sounds like a movie that comes Yeah, out I'm gonna say yeah. I'll say yeah. I have some reservations. I might. If, be wrong, I, I Charlie yeah. Sheen, you guys. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Estevez. <laughs> Charlie Estevez. All right, the year 1995. The movie Forget Paris. The character Exterminator. Hmm. Well, my rule is usually that he's uh, a named character, but Forget Paris was a bigger name. It was a Billy Crystal movie. Oh. I'm gonna go with yes. Billy Crystal, another Deep Space Nine, the, you know the character actor. <laughs> yeah, he was on there, right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say yeah. That's a that's a Clint Howard. That was a Clint Howard. Yeah. You guys are correct. Yes. Yeah, he'll do he'll do that kind of bit part. I was just about an exterminator, any type of <laughs> transient, any type of bum, any type of. Yeah. Johnny, uh, well, Johnny Bark. Well, if, if you want him for your Silent Night, Deadly Night, you give him a name, goddamn it. Yeah. Brian has no, you're not paying him anything. But if, if it's a Billy Crystal film, he'll take it. He'll, he'll be guy in the corner. The year is 1980. The, the movie is Loving Couples. The character is Alan. I'm gonna say no. Uh, I'm gonna go with no. 
No way that he's he's involved in a loving couple. John DeLance. John DeLance. <laughs> I have the Q virus. <laughs> uh, the year is 1995. The movie is Fist of the North Star. The character oh name is God. Stalin. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, that sounds like something. I know this one. Be. That's yes, true. That, that's that's correct. Yep. You were already dead. <laughs> what you gonna do? Tickle me to death? <laughs> I I love Fist of the North Star. <laughs> Omaiwa Moshindaru. Nani? I figured you guys would know that one. Uh, the year is 1994. The movie is Leprechaun 2, and the character <laughs> is Tourist. Oh God, is he in Leprechaun 2? I knew. I, uh, I knew the Leprechaun 2. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say no. Josh got it. He Damn. is. He's, he's a tour in the uh, the Haunted Mansion tour bit. That, in the sequence when uh, he's picking up his girlfriend in his uh, comic business. Well. Are we. Oh, I guess it doesn't matter now. Are we going to do the cards? Is that this episode? No, the, the Christmas episode, Cody. The Christmas episode. It's called Silent Night, Deadly Night. We have a are Christ, we doing we have a Christmas, Christmas special. episode? What yeah. are we doing for the Christmas episode? The, I thought, when are we doing it? The comic book stuff. No, that's not coming out until uh, January, buddy. Uh, well, hang on. Hey. <laughs> Cut. Okay, <laughs> the year is 1986. My Little Pony, the movie... Grundle King as voice. Oh my I god! I want that to be true. I, yeah, I. <laughs> I don't. I feel like there's been a lot of yeses in a row, but I, I want it to be true. Yeah, I want to say that's Clint Howard. Please be Clint Howard. It's not. Danny DeVito. <laughs> you can see where you make the mistake. And I think we we'll probably should yeah. move on to the next yeah. game. As, as fun as this is, and it is. A shitload of fun. Arnold Shimmerman. Yeah. Like, come, that was great, buddy. You do all right. All right. He got eaten by a giant worm. So, so uh, usually I save this one to second to last, but this one will be last t- today. A genre swap. So this is the one we play every every episode. This is where we assign each other the same movie, but now with a different genre. So I will take Josh this time, and I will do this as romantic comedy. Uh and I will do Cody as a Christmas movie. <laughs> this movie has fuck all to do with Christmas. <laughs> That's funny. Plus one, Josh. <laughs> all right. Well, then I'm going to give Aura the even more obscure genre of Hanukkah movie. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Here we go. It was kind of more of a Hanukkah movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have a little dreidel, a dreidel made of clay. There's like a candle thing that was. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so the romantic comedy. The romantic comedy about this young reporter who's you know sleeping with a guy at the office, but she's very indifferent about it. Uh, so she ends up in a love triangle with the uh, local bookstop bookshop owner, who's a girl, and a transient, but <laughs> Clint Howard. And uh, it how, is the how grossest triangle romantic. is he? <laughs> is it this? is the grossest romantic comedy imaginable because Ron Howard, er, Clint Howard, <laughs> Clint is Howard. one of the people. They look like they look very similar now. They do now that they've aged. <laughs> and Ron has lost the hair. Well, well, Cody stepped away, so we. I'll go ahead and do Hanukkah movie real fast. <laughs> so, 
uh, uh, Silent Night, Meshuggah Night. <laughs> I heard him laughing in the other room. Uh, so Silent Night, Meshuggah Night. So uh, what this, uh, what what happens in the Hanukkah version of this film is we go back to the the Santa Killer concept. But he's now, like, unhinged, right? He's, he's got something else going on. Where the, the candles, like, as the, as the candle gets lit, you know, it's one murder per night. Until the, the festival of lights, where he has this grand plan to do something big. What that something big? Question mark, right? Because the investigators have to figure that out through the... Through the thing, yeah. Every person he kills, he takes a finger and he puts it on the menorah. Oh yes. So he can have a menorah of fingers. <laughs> yes, I'm, I do not want that in my house. <laughs> so it's kind of true to the spirit of Hanukkah. It's kind of it's a holiday about the Jews uh, finger candles persevering and then murdering people that were trying to murder them. Jeez. I think that's what it is. It's yeah. about like the the oil lasted through the siege and then they defeated the foe or something. Oh, that sounds right. Actually, I. I'm not up on my, up on my Hanukkah lore. All right, Cody. It's a Christmas movie now. Yeah, sorry. I had to step away. I think I got some sinus infection from the wheel. Um, <laughs> sorry about what I did to the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I For a really... second, I forgot the contrivance, and I thought you meant the fucking shit bar in this town. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, you'll get one. You're lucky that's all you got. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You didn't get the dick rot. <laughs> you Cracked usually it. get at the wheel. Oh no. Okay, uh, I really... So, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, but as a Christmas movie, my very first initial brain thought was the exact same movie, except everybody is actually like decorated for Christmas and there's snow on the ground. That that's really that would also <laughs> really help this movie if there were like any garland or lights anywhere other than the one scene where they're in the boyfriend's house and they have a Christmas tree. Um, but instead, it's the um, it's like an advent calendar type situation. Still, since I didn't have anything else, it's still like a, a Christmas horror movie. Ooh, yeah. So it's one of those. It's, it's a little bit more in line, and it's a little more subtle. She's got, like, the advent calendar that the boyfriend gave her, but it's not, like, a great advent calendar. They're kind of, like, dorky chocolates and candies. Like Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she, she's going through. It's a, it's a work joke. It's, uh, it's all the same stuff. You know, there's, you know, the woman falling. Um, she's trying to do her investigation, but, but poorly. And it's just, like... As, as it goes on, like, she's opening, and one of the chocolates, like, moldy, and she's like, oh, gross. And so she starts, like, opening the other ones just ahead of schedule. And then all of a sudden, Clint Howard is outside of her window, and he warns her. It's like, don't advance the advent calendar. She's like, what are you talking about? It's like, it, it, you'll you'll bring them about. And the, the witches are uh, advent calendar witches. I, something along those lines. And so she's disturbing the natural order, and she's actually, like increasing the days like the days are going by quicker by doing this you know fucking with the advent calendar thing so you can still get some bugs in there you know messing with the the rotted chocolate uh brings out the witches you still get to have clint howard orgy weird stuff all that happens oh, but it goody. just 
<laughs> well, the Christmas contrivance just actually fits in with the plot a little bit better. It makes more sense. You have that building suspension. I actually like the the, the haunted advent calendar idea. Mm. Sort of like a uh, like a what's that movie? The Happy Death Day, but it's uh, but it's an advent calendar. Yeah. Advent calendar. Oh. Advent calendar. I don't know. I can't make that shit work. Yeah, no, that's that's over. Dead, deadvent, deadvent calendar. All right. Deadvent well, calendar. That's, that's the best iteration of it. Yeah. That, that deadvent rap. calendar four, which doesn't have anything to do with advent calendars. It's actually about menorahs. <laughs> Happy Death Day is okay, by the way. Is it? I'll just yeah, check it out. Bad. It's it's forgettable, but it's if you want to waste an hour and a half some popcorny. I mean, I'm not. I'm certainly not spending, uh, you know, precious an hour and a half of my time each week to watch an up all night movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, this will be enjoyable. Uh, oh, okay. All right, good. All right, so now we move on to uh... <laughs> that'll that'll finish our games portion of this <laughs> for this so, show. So I do uh, the where are they now, and then you you blokes can do any trivia, and then we'll do the ratings. Sure. All right. Uh. Richard Gladstein, as Woody the Reporter, uh, eventually became a producer and worked on films like The Cider House Rules and Hateful Eight, Ooh. believe it or not. Uh, Alice Beasley, who was Janice the Receptionist, played a nurse on Gotham. Mm. I thought Aura would appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I do. Uh, though he probably didn't know it yet, uh, Brian Yuzna's career had peaked by the point he made this film. <laughs> uh, he did get character credits on the remaining kids franchise films, which is nice for him. But that was about as close to mainstream Hollywood success as he would come. Uh, instead, he mostly trickled out franchise sequels, like the, the Reanimator sequels, which weren't very well regarded, and uh, Return of the Living Dead 3, which is a decent flick. Uh, and also some straight-to-video horror flicks, like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Necronomicon, which were mostly pretty forgettable. Uh, his career had petered out by 2010, although his IMDb has one horror film listed as being in production, and I'm sure that'll be the one to turn it all around. Turn it all around. Uh, and Clint Howard continued to get roles whenever anyone wanted to get in good with his brother. That's, yep. <laughs> he has, as I'm sure you got from the game, audience, he has been in fucking everything at this yes. point. <laughs> uh I was having a hard time finding things that I knew you guys wouldn't recognize immediately, which is yeah. why it was those obscure <laughs> things. Um, so, uh, ratings, Josh? Uh, no trivia. <laughs> oh, I, I got I got nothing. I blew but, mine earlier. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I just blew myself. Uh, okay, I'll start the ratings. Uh, I will give it 3.5 human candles. Human candles. Um... Like I said earlier of Yosemite films, I think that his plot direction is often very meandering and that it's a hard time finding a place to hang your hat as far as perspective in some of his films. But the his love of effects work is always very evident and there's some great fucking effects work in this and some interesting character uh, interactions. I would I'd probably say of the up on the movies we've watched so far, uh, it is the one that I've enjoyed the most. Um, mm. That will change <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> or three weeks, I guess, because yeah. we got a because we got a fifth. But uh, but this is it's a decent flick. Like if you like horror films and you want something kind of body horror-y and don't mind that it has fucking nothing to do with Silent Night, Deadly Night films, 
Uh, oh, this reminded me of that one, uh, that one movie that we watched, uh, the other bug movie for the other show. The, gosh, never mind. I don't. The other bug movie. Well, hey, we'll talk off air. Okay. <laughs> like, because I was, they won't be able to go back and listen to the archive anyway to find. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, I solid uh, three three out of five spirals. Um, same thing. Honestly, I had all these like ideas in my head about comparing it to society, and then I had looked at the script ahead of time, and then wow, she, total shocker for me, it's the same person. <laughs> so uh, like, that's all the stuff that I love about this movie is is really the body horror stuff. But yeah, pretty much exactly what Josh said. The the meandering of going to body horror stuff and then trying to go back like nothing nothing is weird or unusual fits, I think, better in a movie like Society where you're not also trying to literally cram in a Christmas contrivance to in your witch cockroach movie. Like, this would be so cool as just its own thing. That is definitely true. It should have yeah. just been the initiation. Yeah, exactly. The initiation doesn't even sound like a you know christmas thing but whatever like this this movie is the initiation and it's pretty cool some really gross cool bug effects um and even just sort of the visceral horror of bugs crawling around even yeah it's not body horror stuff like it's in the really body horror sequence i really like just the grit on her face as she's crawling on the ground yeah oh like my god dirty and horrible yeah wow yeah that's like a, a like, really fucked up scene i'm even just thinking about when they, she pukes up the bug that they put in through her stomach, yeah. and then Clint Howard cuts it in half and drools bug honey all over her face in a money shot looking position. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's weird. So, but yeah, that stuff is cool. The rest of the movie's not three out of five. Uh, four out of five bugs. Uh, I I did enjoy this movie. Like it had me, it had me right at spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> yeah, they had, like, they had your number. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, oh, this is that. Oh, <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually have to watch this one. Um, like I remember, you were very delighted about all the cockroaches. Too. Yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I posted uh, like the first scene where there's giant cockroaches. I was like, oh crap! And I posted on our on our admin board. I was like, oh, holy shit, this is a giant cockroach movie. Like, <laughs> and you were like, you told me it was a witch movie, not a giant cockroach movie. And I was like, I thought it was a witch movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of both, I guess. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so I peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> so I. Uh, you got witches in my cockroach. I don't. I, you know, if you're if you're talking about what, what went wrong with this movie, you know, I, I, I guess when I, when Cody was talking, like, okay, yes, like, shoved in too much stuff. But, I mean, the actors weren't wasted in here. Like, yeah. like everybody who was in this movie did well with what they had. Mm -hmm. um, Clint Howard really is the, fucking great in it. The effects <laughs> were great. Like... The I butcher think, guy was great. Butcher I mean, guy was great. Yeah, there was lead the, actress was decent. The yeah, witch lady is okay. There was there was a little bit of there was a little bit that could have hit the cutting room floor as far as maybe like walking back and forth between things. Yeah, I mean, there. That like, was when I was watching it at like one point yeah. five speed. Was when it's just us slowly getting to places. Yeah. Um, one point five speed. You fucking heretic. Yeah. Mm, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> this is how I'm going to watch the Irishman. <laughs> Fuck you, Scorsese. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I, I liked it. Um, I, 
it did it did have its foibles. I mean, it is a USA all night <laughs> movie after all. It's not it's not a it's not an Academy Award winner. Um, Fourth in a series. It is you know, but I would but say it it's was... a great example of a good film that falls short of a great film. Sure, it's, mm. it's very enjoyable. It's very good within its genre, but there's just not. It just doesn't quite cross the threshold. The Would honestly, the yeah, absolutely, the jumping back and forth makes it the perfect group watch movie because mm-hmm. you have plenty of time in between the insane scenes where everybody is just like open mouth, like gasping at the TV, to going back and being like, "What the hell? Why is she going to her like fucking Christmas office party right now?" <laughs> it is in that way it is actually a pretty good party movie i feel like because it's very slow and because you figure out the plot like yeah immediately yeah. <laughs> so you're never gonna like miss an important bit uh-huh i guess that goes into a 10.5 which might be the the high score i think for our have we had anything that get went past that? no i don't no. i don't yeah. think that's that's what yeah our, might be our new high score new high score let's Let's see how uh, let's see how your your movie in two and a half weeks does or three weeks does. <laughs> three <right>? weeks, yeah. <laughs> all right, so now we're closing it out, which is that podcast stays up all night as a presentation of that podcast productions. You can find all our podcasts, blogs, and assorted nonsense at thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, that podcast stays up all night slumber party. On Instagram at instagram.com slash that.podcast.productions. You can find us on Twitter at thatproductions. If uh, if podcatchers are your thing, you can find us at that podcast productions on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iTunes. Or you can just add uh, the RSS feed from our website. Remember to subscribe, review, and email us your comments at that.podcast.productions at gmail.com and now i know the password so we can actually check that email <laughs> i always had it entered in my phone you know and oh. we we do value well, your uh your feedback as far as like the editing on the episodes even this one where we're changing <laughs> up a couple of things from the last record so you know like it's okay cody i want the feedback we won't, we won't let the mean lady hurt you <laughs> give me the feedback i want it we can't stop her she's from texas she probably has all kinds of guns <laughs> see, the, <laughs> see the one piece of feedback we got was that our one recent episode was quiet and <laughs> and uh i i got that very early in the morning and passed it along to these fellas and went back to bed <laughs> <laughs> Next time on That Podcast Stays Up All Night, it's time to ring in a new year with a bang with the totally tubular 80s fun ride, Night of the Comet. Just watch out for that sneaky DMK. I don't know what any of that means. So until next time, keep your homes bug free and don't invite Clint Howard into your sexy times. I mean it, Cody. Unless everyone is consenting. (laughs) The password is orgy. <laughs> My safe word is Opie. <laughs> oh no, no, no.